Well, I saw that video uh, first time this morning, and I heard that voice, and I went, hey, that sounds familiar. That was awesome. Um, one of the things that you may not know here at River Run is, is Nate always does a phenomenal job putting together these bumpers, and we do all of these things in-house, and and one of the reasons why we like to do them in-house, one is not just you know, using the gifts and creativity, but also it allows us just to continue to allow God to work in our lives as we work through these things, like these messages. We're doing a series on the Holy Spirit. Man, this is, this is a great series for me and my relationship with the Lord and my relationship um, with the Holy Spirit. So Anyway, uh, for those of you who don't know me, if you're new, uh, my name is, is Tyler Jagan. Some of you, maybe this is your first time, or maybe you've been here the uh, last couple of weeks and you're new and you don't know who I am. Well, um, hopefully afterwards we'll be able to get to know you a little bit more. For the last three weeks, I was over at River Kids, just hanging out with them, uh, teaching their large group environment there, and was just doing it just to kind of get to know them and them get to know me. And uh, that first week that I did it, uh, I, you know, I said, hey, 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 kids, how many of you guys know my name? So all these kids are raising their hands. They raise their hands. And I see this cute little boy right there. And I say, all right, what's my name? And he goes, Mr. Clean. (laughs) And and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a rough crowd. This is going to be a rough crowd, you know. You know, I was was thinking more like The Rock, but, you know, (laughs) at least it wasn't like Elmer Fudd, right? And so, uh, anyways, it was a, it was a really wonderful time, um, you know. There, and I'm so grateful for the gift that we have here as a body of Christ with Caleb, one of our teaching elders. Just uh, his love for you guys, love for the Lord, and um, him leading us through um, just how can we make the most of this incredible, beautiful gift that God has given us—the Word of God. Um, if you're new here or you miss some of those weeks, I highly encourage you go to uh, later on sometime this week, go to riverrunchurch.com and go look through some of those videos, especially the video from last week, really help you to kind of get the big picture of scripture. So we are in this new series, but we're still kind of in this whole year. We're in this big idea of make the most of what you've been given, make the most of what you've been given. And so We did this series on scripture that, man, God has given us this incredible gift. We should make the most of this incredible gift that God has given us. So let's make the most of it. And so um, even during this series, it's the same idea. You know, we're starting this series on the Holy Spirit. And so when we think about what is it that God has given us, first of all, this idea, make the most of what you've been given, is, is, is taken from something that Peter wrote. In his second letter that he wrote, in 2 Peter 1, 3, Peter said this, and this is what he said here. By his divine power, God has given us everything. Everything. God has given us everything we need. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Okay? We've received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by the means of his marvelous glory and his excellence. In other words, what Peter is saying here is that, hey, y'all, if if you've given your life to Christ, if you're a Christ follower and you're faithful to him, God has given you everything that you need for wisdom, living this life to the fullest, living a godly life and in intimacy and relationship with him. You have already been given everything 
in Christ, okay? And so the reason kind of why we're doing it this year is just to kind of think, work through some of the stuff that our culture's Christian culture, that we've kind of gotten backwards. There's some things in our lives that we often, we, we can kind of tend to think, I need that in order to grow. And it's like, no, you don't really need it. It's nice, but you don't need it. And then there are things that we need, but we kind of marginalize. We don't really kind of use. You know, for instance, kind of an example of that is oftentimes when we leave here, we usually are having a com- more of a conversation in our head or with, with the people in the car about how much, you know, what we thought about the music or what we thought about the message. And good music, good message is nice, but you don't need them, right? For 300 years, the early church didn't have a building. This is nice. We don't need it. God, by his graciousness, you know, made it known to us, we need scripture to help us to understand him. So he's given us this. We need it. We don't just need a good message about scripture. We need to go home and be people who open this thing up and go, okay, God, I really don't understand all this, but I'm beginning, I'm ready to make the most of this resource for the rest of my life. And I believe you're going to help me to get through this. And so this series really is about about the best gift, the best resource that God has given you and I. And what is that best resource? That best resource is himself. God has given us himself. He really is everything that we need for our sustenance, for our, our need for love, our need for purpose, uh, our need for just understanding how, why in this whole world and, and how to live a life that is, is godly. The best resource God has given us is himself. And so even when we look at scripture, what is scripture? Scripture is God moving through other people to give us this word. He's really through scripture, he's giving us himself. In fact, there was a, uh, one of uh, Paul's letter to one of his protégés, Timothy, and writing, and writing in his language, in the language that he wrote in the day, which was Greek, he said this. He said, he said, he said uh, these words right here. It's in Greek. Passe graphe theanoustas. What does that mean? It means all scripture is theanoustas. Caleb talked about it. You know, God breathed. Peter also said that the prophets didn't go on their own. They were, they were moved by the Spirit of God, okay? And so the, what he means here, the reason why I put it in Greek is he uses these two words. Thea, which is where we get, maybe you've heard the term theology. You've heard of like ology, biology, and things like that. Ology is kind of the study of. Thea is God. Theos, where we get that, is the study of God, theology. But he uses this word, noustos. Noustos means breathe, to breathe. So why is that, what does that mean? Well, all throughout scripture, you know, before, you know, Jesus came on the scene, um, you know, the, into the Old Testament world and the old Israel world, they spoke Hebrew. And in that, they use this term ruah, which means breath. But they use the word ruah to mean spirit as the spirit breathes, ruah. And so when they began to use Greek as their language, which is what we have here, uh, they used the Greek word for ruah, you know, the Hebrew word ruah, or breath, which is pneuma, which we get the word noustas. So basically what, what 
Paul is saying here is, is, is telling Timothy at the end of his life here, hey man, I've run the good race. It's time for you to go. It's time for you to rock and roll. But here's the deal. You got to read scripture. And remember, scripture is God breathed. God moving through that by which you have revelation of understanding who God is, what, what God is doing, why God is, you know, why God is doing that and what is he going to do. So make the most of it. So it's kind of weird when we're doing this series on, on the Holy Spirit. Uh, oftentimes it's either all Holy Spirit, maybe a tad bit of a little, you know, bit of scripture, or it's a, it's a whole bunch of scripture and a tad little bit of Holy Spirit. But God, Holy Spirit, was the one who moved his prophets and his apostles to give us the word. It's, these two things are not in competition to each other. They are one in the same. It's no different than saying, you know what? Is it, is, it, is, it, is it an autobiography about Tyler or is it Tyler? Well, no, Tyler wrote his autobiography. So his autobiography is an extension of who he is. So it is both. It's, it's yes. So when we think about you know, scripture and the Holy Spirit, we got to think in more broad terms of God's moving through human history by which he has given us his word, but he's given us himself. All right, so why does this, why does this all matter? Well, let me just kind of you know, tell you, uh, in the video, uh, mentions these words about Jesus. Jesus, uh, at um, the night when he was going to be um, turned over, uh, betrayed, uh, arrested, he had his you know, little band of uh, uh, brothers with him, his disciples with him, and he kind of gives them these last instructions on you know, what's going to happen. And so he says this to them in, in John chapter 14, where Jesus says, and I will ask the father, go back, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate or counselor. And we'll talk more about this next week. Now, this advocate who we find out is the Holy Spirit will never leave you. And then he goes on and he says this, Jesus says, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him. Because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him. Why? Because he lives with you now. Remember, this is before he died and rose from the dead. And then he says, but later he will be in you. So, this is, so Jesus then, he's, he's arrested. He is crucified. He's raised from the dead. He comes to his disciples, and before he then ascends to the Father, he kind of gives them some other instructions. And some other instructions, he basically says in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he, he says, hey, you know what? In a little while, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. It's going to come in you. Remember remember, just a few days ago, I told you about the, the, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, that he's with you, and now he's going to be in you, but he's going to, so he's coming. Okay, I'm going to leave you. He's coming. And when he comes, you are going to be my witnesses in all of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the other ends of the world. And then about 10 days later on the Jewish festival of Pentecost, okay, you know, after Jesus said all these things and ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they began to speak in languages of all the foreigners, you know, all the Jews who lived in foreign places, who had foreign languages, were coming to Jerusalem. And so these disciples were outside speaking these guys' languages, all different kinds of languages, and they were testifying, witnessing to God. And all these people then, you know, 
gave their life to Christ, the Holy Spirit indwelled them, and guess what? They went back all to all their different places, and they told everybody about Jesus Christ. I mean, instant mission there, accomplished there. Well, a little bit later on, and you know, later on there's Paul, and the, and the message about Jesus Christ goes all over the place, and later on Paul writes a letter to, um, to a group of Christians in Rome, and this is what he says to them after they've received uh, Jesus Christ. He said, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So when we give our life to Christ, accept the free gift of salvation, God doesn't just give us salvation. He gives us himself, the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. This is why this, this is like important, right? If, if someone, okay, Christ Father, if you're a Christian, if someone is in you, wouldn't it be kind of nice to kind of know who is this person who is in you? It really makes sense. And if the person who is in me is God, wouldn't I want to make the most of him who is in me? Absolutely. So today what we're going to do is we're just going to kind of do a little bit of a flyover. And then the next two or three weeks, we're going to kind of go through and we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit who's indwelled in us, moves us into more intimacy and relationship with God. We're going to talk about that next week. And then the week after that, we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit is, moves within us to bring you and I and all of us together as a family to become a light and a hope to our community and to the world. And then last week, we're going to do is we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit works in us to live a life of influence and impact and purpose while we are here on this earth. So first of all, who is it and what do we know about the one who is in us? First of all, I think this is very important because probably, probably a lot of you guys have been in, in church. You probably maybe have heard of the Holy Spirit, but I wanted to start off with this one because number one is so important. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. It's not a force. You know, he's not a you know, something, a, a, a lamp that you rub to get your wishes made. He is a person. Amen. He's a person. That's why when you go and you read throughout scriptures, you see the pronoun. He is the spirit of God. Okay. It is a him. It's a he. He's personal. Okay. So when you think of the spirit dwelling in you, it's personal. It's relational at the very core. And not only that, but, you know, when we look through Scripture, we see this, 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 this personhood kind of come out. Like, for instance, here in Ephesians, Paul writes this. He says, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can be sorrowful. In some of, you know, different translations, it's grieve. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. He can be grieved. He's sorrowful. There's kind of this emotion. There's this personhood to the Holy Spirit. He has emotions. He can be, you know, made to feel sorrow. Do not bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit by the way that you live. And remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. And, and Paul says this in another letter that he wrote here. And he says this in, in Romans, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, how does he help us in our weaknesses? We don't know what God wants us to pray for, but 
the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings. There's a, there's a sense of groaning and compassion for you and I that the, the Holy Spirit has. So the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed, you know, with words. He has this love for us. He, he has this compassion for us, you know. He has these emotions, okay. He is a person. So what kind of person is he when we think about that? He's not just any person, okay. So what does that mean? I think the next thing for us is to understand is, yes, he is a person, but he is God. He is God. Amen. Okay? He's God. One of the things that we see how he is God is this little story in, that we find in Acts. There was these, this couple who sold their property and they wanted to give it, which is all that's really good. But they lied about how much it cost because they wanted everybody to think that they were more generous than they really were. But they were kind of they were lying about it. And so we see this from Acts, in Acts chapter 5. Peter, I think, confronts him here and says, Ananias, why have, you, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. Again, not a big deal. You can keep it for yourself. The issue wasn't that. The issue was that you lied because you wanted people to think you were better than you really are. The property was yours to sell or not to sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do this thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. And so you see here, the connection here is this whole thing about the Holy Spirit. You lied to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is God. In Hebrews, and it says this about the Holy Spirit, for by the power of the eternal Spirit, he has God attributes. He is eternal. He is forever. Okay. And by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. The Holy Spirit is God. Now, you, you know, the age old thing. Okay, wait a minute. Let me scratch my head. Holy Spirit is God. Jesus is God. There's this God called the Father. So we have God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. If you've been in the church world, you've probably heard this term, the Trinity. You know, the, the understanding that, yes, there is one God. And within the one God, there's a three personhood. They are distinct. And they are their own persons. It's not just one person doing three different things. No, they're their own person. Father's their own person. The Son is their own person. The Holy Spirit. But they are one. Okay. You've probably heard it say that it's a mystery. And it is a mystery. And you know what? That's okay to, for God to be a mystery to us because there's so many things about God that you and I, we will never know. You may have a dog. Do you, you, know, you have a dog. Maybe you have a dog that you love and that loves you. Does that dog completely understand how you're wired and what's going on in your life and how you're made and how you tick and why you tick the way that you do? No. Is that dog ever going to fully know you the way that a human being can fully know another human being? No. And guess what? It's going to be kind of the same way when it comes to God. God is God. You use the word a lot of times, holy. The word holy means different. Okay? It's not just that he's not naughty and he's good. 
He's just different, even different from us. Even though we are gifted with the beauty of being made in the image of God, there's, 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 there's pieces of us that image who he is, but we are not him. So it's a mystery between God who is one, but he's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Just as if to, if you have that dog, and he is, what's important to that dog is that you feed him and you love him. At the end of the day, it's great for us to know and, and to be able to ponder the things about God, but really the essence of the day, really it is for us is to know that we are indwelled by the Holy Spirit, who is God, to remind us that we are loved by God. And through that, we, our hearts are fed by the remembrance and the knowing that he loves us and so many other things as well. You know, I've, uh, you know, you've maybe heard different illustrations about the Trinity. Maybe you've heard, you know, I've heard like a little egg. You know, that there's, the, there's the shell and then there's the white part and then there's the little yolk. Um, I heard, you know, the, Holy, or the, the Trinity uh, be kind of uh, described as aqua fresh. Y'all know what aqua fresh you know, it's one toothpaste, but you got three different, one fights cavities, one makes your teeth white, and the other one freshens your breath for one big pow in your mouth, right? Man, there you go. And then, you know, I've heard about, you know, the, 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 that's, it's like a clover, a three-leaf kind of deal. And, and those are nice, and they're kind of cute, but you know what? They all have limitations, you know? That doesn't mean that we we don't ask God questions, but it also means that sometimes we just kind of have to let God be God and recognize that some things are a mystery. But you and I, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have the gift of God in you, the presence of God in you, the Holy Spirit in you. And so lastly, what I just want to talk about, one thing about the Holy Spirit, because we're going to talk a little bit more about what you know, the Holy Spirit does in and through us over the next few weeks. But I just want you to let you know, one of the things, because we, we tend to think, and, and I get this why we do this, because, you know, father, you get a father, right? You know, the concept of father, maybe you never had a father, but you know there are fathers and you've seen fathers and you kind of get that. And you may have had a horrible father and that may have made, you know, kind of make it hard for you to understand God the father by which you kind of project that onto God. And, but, but at the end of the day, you still know father. And so when you say father, you kind of like, there's something there that I can kind of grasp. And when you think about, you know, the son of God, Jesus Christ, and you think about a, a you know, a little baby being born and living in this world and, and then dying on the cross and going through all of that, you can kind of like, okay, I, I get that. But when we, when we say spirit, it's kind of like, okay, wait a minute. All right, now that's a little bit, it's a little bit hard for me to kind of really understand, except for maybe like, you know, the Holy Ghost, ooh, the spirit and, and those things. And... Um, one of the things I want to just kind of walk through is one to let you know he's a person. He loves you, groans and prays for you. He cares deeply about you. He is God Almighty in you. And one of the things, too, that I love about the Holy Spirit, he's, he's the one, you know? He's the one who makes it happen. He's the one who makes it happen. Now, within the Trinity, a lot of ways... You know, the Father is kind of the one who kind of makes the will, right? He's the one who wills things. Jesus said, not my will, but the will of the Father. You know, he's kind of the one of the Father. 
Jesus is the one who speaks. He's the logos. He's the truth. He's the one who makes the way through his death and resurrection. He's the one who does that. But it's the spirit that the Father and the Son, you know, you know basically unleash to make stuff happen. The very beginning in Genesis chapter 1, we see this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep water. And the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Just ready. And then we see the will of the Father to create this creation. And then God spoke. And the ruah, the breath, breathed out, the spirit created. The writer of Job kind of said it like this. He said, his spirit made the heavens beautiful. And then we see as the spirit makes things happen in creation, you begin to see this creation that he makes become really personal. And here in Matthew, uh, we see this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. Uh, His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power and the creation of the one who makes it happen the Holy Spirit. And then later on, we see here in another place in in Peter in Acts chapter 10, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. That even though Jesus, who is, you know, God himself, who became man, we see the teamwork of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit comes upon the son in order to make it happen because then Jesus went around doing good healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him and later on Paul says this in Romans he says the good news is about his son in his earthly life he was born into the king into King David's family line and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You see all the working of the Spirit who is creator, but he's also recreator, raising from the dead and then giving you and I a new heart. That we are a new creation, that the Spirit is the one who, is, who makes it work for, for us to become a new creation. Paul writes this in the, in, to the people of Thessalonica. He says, we are always thankful that God chose you to be among the first to experience salvation. A salvation that came through the Spirit who makes you holy and through your belief in the truth that is through the Spirit that we say yes to God and yes to his salvation. And Paul writes to the Galatians, he says this, he says, and because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts to recreate a new heart within us, an old heart that would constantly say no to God, yes to self, no to God, yes to self, a new heart, a new creation by which now this heart would say yes to God. You are my God, my Abba, my Father. And so he's in that, he's constantly making all of this stuff work within us 
And Paul's not done yet. In another place here, in another letter that he wrote, again, to the Romans, he said, Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to join me in the struggle by praying to God for me, all right? And do this because of your love for me, given to you by the Holy Spirit. Your love for me, given to you by the Holy Spirit. Because that love within you that you have for me is the recreating work of God through the power of the Holy Spirit who indwells in you. So pray for me, you who love me, because of God's amazing, beautiful work within you. And so again, Jesus says this in Acts 1.8. He said, and I mentioned this earlier, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And now we see this influence, this working within us for us to make it happen, if you will, into this world. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem and throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So he is creator, recreator, and he is using us and working in us to go and be an instrument that God uses by which the Holy Spirit uses to impact other people's lives. He is a God who indwells us, who makes it happen. And Paul says this in uh, 1 Corinthians. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to, be, to misunderstand this. And he kind of goes on, but he says this. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. We can reflect God in the way that God gives us in order to, to show God's love through the heart that God has given us, to serve through the gifts that God has given us in order to bring about the restoration that God is always, or that God is working in us, a restoration in our relationship with our God and our restoration in our relationships with each other and being vessels that God uses through his spirit to be a light to this world, to bring people into this amazing family that you and I get to experience. Glory be to God. This is who is in you. He's a person. He is God. He makes it happen. So, if this one who does all of these things in you, shouldn't we make the most of the reality of the Holy Spirit being indwelled in us? Absolutely. I think and I dream of the day when Christ followers are more excited about opening up God's scriptures and saying, this is from you. Help me to understand you. The day where we go, you are in me. I don't even know what that really even means, but I want to know what it is. And I want to begin the journey for the rest of my life, knowing what that means. And I want to get to know you. I would love to be able to, you know, see all of us come to that place of making the most of these beautiful gifts that God has given us. But sometimes we tend to make too much of, I need this program. I need this kind of church. I need this kind of music. I need this kind of pastor. 
And so, so many of us feel, and that's one of the reasons I think why we feel like it's maybe shriveled up inside of us and we feel this continuous discontent within us because we've been looking for the, the things in the wrong place and the wrong things. But what if we just were beginning to say, the rest of my life, God, I want to open up your word and I want to know you. You indwell in me. I want to know you. I want to know what that means. I want to spend the rest of my life figuring that out. Because as Paul says here again in Romans chapter 8, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, he lives in Father, I thank you so much that you have sent the Holy Spirit into our lives, not to be with us, around us, but to be in us. It's just a beautiful form of just understanding the intimacy of the Spirit being in us. Father, first and foremost, I just confess that oftentimes I do. I look to other stuff, podcasts, other people, programs, all of these things, which are fine. There's nothing wrong with them. But it is wrong when I circumvent the the Holy Spirit who raises people from the dead who is in me, and I just neglect and ignore and go to all these other things. So, Father, I pray that you would just continue to remind me of just the incredible gift of of your spirit in us. Awaken us to that reality, God. I pray for anybody in this room who has not taken that step of faith and knowing you, that's living this life apart from you, that they would take that step and, and to be able to receive an amazing, beautiful gift of not just living forever, but the gift of you, your spirit, Holy Spirit in us forever. So, Father, I know that, you know, we're all in all different places in our relationship with you and and even in our understanding of you and your Holy Spirit. And I pray, God, that that really today would just be a, a mark where we would say, today, no matter where we are, I want to take the next step of knowing you, God, the Holy Spirit who's in me, to understand what that means to begin to walk that out. So, Father, I also just pray as a church family here, as we just have conversations in our small groups, as we have conversations in our car, as we just kind of go through the series, that you would just continue to reveal to us the incredible gift that we have and what that means and we how we leverage this beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit in us, God. We love you, Lord. We're just asking you now as we're just beginning this journey to work in us through your spirit. It's in your son's name I pray, amen.